Welcome to the Gospel for Life. We have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but rather it's for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. I'm Josh Bales, pastor of the Well Church, here with Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Phil Moran, pastor at Christ Presbyterian Church, and Jonathan Van Hoogen, pastor at Spring United Reformed Church. Now, if you'd like to find out more about us or catch past broadcasts or get information about our annual conference, you can find us at ReformationVoice.com. All right, welcome back to the show today. If you have not checked out uh, a very credible and newsworthy site online called the Babylon Bee, you totally need to look it up. Great headline from today's uh, Babylon Bee. Uh, headline, Jim Bob Duggar to become richest man alive following Biden's $3,000 per child stimulus. Excellent stuff. I mean, there are some great, like cutting edge news on this website. I, I actually thought you were going to say when you started, if you have not checked out from listening to our show, you are an incredible person with yeah. the stick of of somebody beyond belief endurance and perseverance yes, yes. yes. thank you for listening that's so right we thank you our two <laughs> listeners well um we're actually getting to the end here of the state of theology and this you can find the survey has nothing to do with jim bob duggar no it doesn't but but the babylon bee is great i mean especially in these times you know you just need a good laugh every once in a while yeah. right yeah very funny yeah so if you go to the stateoftheology.com, you can find a survey that Ligonier Ministries put on, and we are on statement 33 today. Basically, the respondents could either agree or disagree with these theological statements. And uh, statement number 33 says, it is very important for me personally to encourage non-Christians to trust Jesus Christ as their Savior. And 100% of evangelicals agreed with that. Mm-hmm. Let's just be clear, we're not saying that you have to, in every conversation that you have with an unbeliever, bring them to a point of having to make a decision. So that's the environment that I was raised in, that in every conversation, then you would get to the point where you would say, okay, do you accept or or reject Jesus Christ? And if you are going to accept him now, you're going to say the sinner's prayer after me. I hope that that's not what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. Um, Right. Because I don't believe that that's a sustainable position from God's word with regard to that that's what evangelism always looks like, it sounds like, and has to be played out in that way where it's all about signing on the dotted line and and verbal confessions um, at the end of a gospel presentation. And and I think included in that, nor are we required in every conversation to even talk about the gospel. I mean, just a principle from Ecclesiastes 3, there's a time to speak and a time to be silent. If you're working on your job and you're being a good employee, there's times where you're not going to talk um, because your head is down and you're doing your work to the glory of God. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, the best the best evangelism is done in the context of natural relationship. Remember that Jesus said, let your light so shine before uh, all, all men that they may see your good good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. Let your light shine. It's not That's formulaic. Going, it's not formulaic, but but if the if the light of Christ is within you, it's it's going to shine. And and no, there is no set formula, and there is no, you know that that 
that kind of evangelism doesn't work anyway. Um, I, I'm a big believer uh, in, a, in a principle. You guys, I know, are, are familiar with the ministry of Young Life. Uh, Young Life is a Christian uh, witness or a Christian ministry outreach to teenagers. And they, they have a, a phrase that they use, you have to earn the right to be heard. Mm-hmm. There, is a, there is a sense in personal evangelism where you have to earn the right to be heard. Can I footnote that real quick? Yeah. So I, I totally agree about um, evangelism in the context of natural relationships. Uh, I actually do think that that is works. I'm using air quotes. Works the best. Yeah. Uh, I, I do say I, I would add to that. You know, there are, there are gifts that God has given the church. Uh, it says in Ephesians four that some are evangelists that they, they yes. kind of hold this office. Yes. And, and so like, cause I have brothers and sisters at the church who, who will go out and very naturally and done very excellently get in conversations with people down at Boise state and they're sharing the gospel. They're not mm. being a fundamentalist. They're not getting sure. in their face. They're not being obnoxious, Well, that gets, but they're getting a natural conversations and walking them through the gospel sure. and, and yeah. praise God for that. It's, yeah. it's not an either or. Yeah, you know, and, okay, I, and what I'd we have to remember that. is that this question is really an important one uh, that you said 100% of evangelicals would agree with this, is it is very important for me to personally encourage non-Christians to trust Jesus Christ as their Savior. I mean, who could disagree with that? I mean, if you, if you I mean, whether it's someone in your own family or your neighbor or somebody else, I mean, uh, you know, our, our, our heart should be for those who without him would be lost forever. And so um, I think sometimes uh, it's sometimes easy not to say anything Mm -hmm. to someone because you don't want to destroy the relationship. Uh, But if you truly love somebody, you're going to communicate those things. When you're raising your children in your home, that means you, well, I'm not going to even mention the Lord until he's ready to make a decision, blah, blah, blah. No, we're to disciple that person. We're to communicate, mm-hmm. you know, the gospel of who Christ is. And so it is very important. We're not saying don't say anything. We're saying choose your words very carefully and, and choose your opportunities uh, to do so. Yes. Sure. Well, and evangelism can be as simple as an invitation to church. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. Hey, hey, uh, would you like to uh, come with me to church on Sunday morning and uh, I'll pick you up and uh, we'll go out to lunch afterwards. Yeah, you know, the, you know, then that's the important thing because we read in God's word, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Where are they going to hear the word of God? They're going to hear it in church. I was reading a biography about... Um, Jack Miller this past week, and he came in a chapter, and uh, the church was such a praying church that people were inviting their non-believing friends to the prayer meeting because they were hearing people be honest about themselves and and pour out and humble themselves before God, and uh, and as a result, people would come to a prayer meeting and and recognize their need to trust in Jesus Christ as Savior. Mm -hmm. I found um, Colossians 4, 5, and 6 to be the most helpful um, verses for me with regard to how I interact with non-Christians and evangelism. It says, Walk in wisdom towards outsiders, making the best use of the time. Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. And I have somebody in my church that just always wants 
well, how, how do I evangelize? And I always feel like he's, the person is wanting a list. First you do this, then you do this, and then you do this. Well, the Bible doesn't give us that. Right. The, the Bible says, what does evangel, evangelism look like? Well, evangelism looks like wisdom. Evangelism means that in each conversation, when you're interacting with somebody, you're reading the person, you're reading the environment, you're reading mm-hmm. where they are and seeing what open doors that, that are there and which ones are closed. And, and so what you're doing is you're always in the moment, walking in step with the Spirit in dependence upon him saying, okay, what? What words should I say? And we're going to get that wrong sometimes. And what words should I not say? Yes, and we're I going mean, to get it wrong. And we if- learn, and then we should reflect on those conversations after the fact. Okay, how? What? What was I thinking when I said such and such? Was I really actually paying t- attention to what the person was saying, or was I waiting so they got done talking so I could say the next thing? I mean, we're going to make mistakes, and we can learn from those things. Well, and a good and- part of it is is listening. And as sure. and as believers, we understand that God is the author of that salvation, not us. Yeah. So, you know, I don't second guess myself. Did I say the right thing or the wrong thing? Beyond, you know, I would like to improve my delivery. Yeah. But I'm I leave those results up to the Lord. We're told in Scripture that not a word of the Lord will fall to the ground, that it won't accomplish its purpose. So sometimes, you know, whether we like it or not, you know, sometimes the very words we say harden a person against the gospel, but that is also God's purpose. So the last statement here, which is related to this one, we were going to bring it in uh, on the state of theology was, so why is personal evangelism important? Because... Only those who trust in Jesus Christ alone as their Savior receive God's free gift of eternal salvation. So again, 100% of respondents agreed, evangelicals agreed. Mm-hmm. I mean, and this is this is part of the offense of the gospel uh, when we say that there's only one way to the Father, which is through Jesus Christ alone. Mm-hmm. And the fact is that every single person that we come in contact with is an eternal being. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I think the weight of that should, we should feel that, that that this is not just a person, period. It's it's an eternal soul. And we know the reality of the Word of God, that everyone will live forever. That's right. They'll either live in eternal bliss in the presence of their Savior, or they'll eternally be under the wrath of the Lamb. Well, that should, at least in part, not out of guilt— but out of a, of a true sense of burden and concern for another human being, say, I need to communicate the truths of the gospel. I don't know what that looks like always. I don't know how that's going to happen. I don't know the best way, but they need to hear. Well, absolutely. And pray. Yes. Pray and for the Holy Spirit to move in other people's lives. And pray for God to move in, in your mm-hmm. life and heart mm-hmm. to make you genuinely caring and loving. Mm-hmm. You know, when <laughs> we've all we've all experienced somebody trying to sell us something that we didn't really want, mm-hmm. and my resistance goes up immediately. And you know why my resistance goes up to a salesman who's trying to sell me something that I don't want? It's because I know instantly that this salesman doesn't really care about me. Mm-hmm. He just wants to make a sale. Yeah. Now, when when we do when we do evangelism when we share the gospel 
when we interact with people who are not mm-hmm. believers. Do they know and how would they know through my actions and through my speaking and through my listening, will they know that I genuinely care about them? And, you know, <laughs> only the Holy Spirit can soften a heart and, and open a heart to the gospel. Boy, I tell you, the attitude that we take makes all the difference. And pray and ask God, God, make me genuinely loving. Make me genuinely caring. Help help me to love this person at least a little bit, just a little bit as you do. And part of it is because how we represent the gospel is is in part of how we're representing God. Like you said, Mm -hmm. let your lights, you you quoted Matthew 5, let your light so shine so that people may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. If we're coming across in our evangelism in you know an, an overly harsh and, and uh, angry way, then that's how they're going to view God. That doesn't bring glory to God. Mm-hmm. Um, same thing if if we come across in a, an overindulgent way where we're not actually reflecting the need for faith and repentance in the Lord Jesus Christ. Sorry, I guess I didn't see the time. We are running out of time. I didn't mean to talk so much. So uh, we'll see you next time on The Gospel for Life. If you missed any of these broadcasts, just uh, subscribe to our podcast in your app, The Gospel for Life. We'll see you next time. 